You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it's a Football Friday game preview edition of the Locked On Titans podcast, and it is presented by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. And I am excited to watch some Tennessee Titans football myself in hopes to wash the bad taste out of my mouth that I still have lingering after that loss to the Browns. So the Titans have a great chance to get back on track against a division rival that they have a history, at least recently of course, of dominating. So can the Titans get back on track in a spot where it seems like they should? We will see. But I'm going to break down every aspect of the game on today's show. We are going to talk about my big picture thoughts to start things off. What are the keys to victory for the Tennessee Titans that they need to follow. And then we're going to zoom in a little bit and take a look at the individual players to watch and the individual matchups that will determine this game. And of course, we will finish off this Football Friday game preview edition of the Locked on Titans podcast by having some fun in our miscellaneous round. We'll talk about the most recent injury update from both teams. We'll cover fantasy in my beautiful dark twisted fantasy preview, telling you exactly who who to play in season long and in daily fantasy. Then we will talk about the gambling aspect of this game. If you like to make things a little bit more interesting on Sundays, I'll tell you how to play the over-under and play the spread in this game. And then we will wrap things up with my game and score prediction. So a big game preview edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you do stream so you don't miss any of the Monday. Monday through Friday content that I will be putting out throughout the season, but a big divisional rival game to preview on this Football Friday. Let's get it. This weekend, an 8-4 Tennessee Titans team coming off an embarrassing home loss to the Cleveland Browns traveled down to Jacksonville for their second matchup against the Jags this season. Remember, the first coming in Week 2, a 33-30 victory for the Titans in an offensive shootout. And I'm certain that the Titans will hope that the game will be a little bit more in hand than it was last time the Titans had two double-digit leads in that first matchup that they lost because of a porous defense. So the Titans' defense needs to step up in this game, and it should be a victory for the Titans, but how can they do that? The keys to victory, two of them coming on the defensive side of the ball, as that's obviously the biggest problem area for the Titans. Number one, stop the run. The Jags' offense foundation is undrafted free agent rookie running back James Robinson and that ground game attack. And an important stat 
the Inside Edge NFL on Twitter pointed out this week. Since week 10, the Jags have rushed for the most yards in the first quarter, 172 yards total. So they've been the best rushing attack in the first quarter over the last few weeks. The Titans will have to stop that rushing attack early on, and it should totally malfunction the Jags offense. Another thing that the Titans will have to watch out for early on, the second key to victory here is for the Titans to watch the deep shots. The Jags wide receivers, with the exception of LaVishka Chenault, are not run after catch specialist. Chris Conley, Keelan Cole, DJ Chark, these are not guys that are going to beat you in the way the Titans wide receivers beat you with the ball in their hands after the catch. These are guys that like to use their speed and their route running to go deep, get behind a defense, and make big explosive plays. When you consider that in this game, the Jags will have Mike Glennon at quarterback compared to Garner Minshew, and then you consider the differences in their play styles, you will realize that those deep shots are a big fear for the Titans going into this game. Garner Minshew is more of a get-the-ball-out-of-his-hands-quick West Coast, short passes, keep-the-chains-moving type guy Mike Glennon, while he is a game-manager quarterback he certainly has a stronger arm than Garner Minshew and historically has pushed the ball down the field more than Minshew will do. Glennon is the type of guy who rather than scramble around, play sandlot ball like Minshew will do, he wants to get the ball out of his hands and throw it downfield if that's what that means. He's more likely to take a deep shot down the field and hope for an incompletion than he is to scramble around and try to play make with his feet. So take that into account and then also take into account that the Titans cornerback situation specifically on the outside is not suited to deal with deep vertical routes. Malcolm Butler is much better playing physical at the line of scrimmage or playing downhill in a zone coverage like a cover two flat rather than he is going down the field vertically in press man coverage or playing a cover three or even worse an inverted cover two where Malcolm Butler is one of the people playing a deep zone. We've seen that fail over and over throughout the year. Similarly, Breon Borders struggles with going backwards He's more of a downhill physical cornerback, and he's been dealing with injuries throughout the year. So whoever plays cornerback for the Titans and the safety group has to be ready to not let guys get behind them and let the Jags capitalize on deep shots down the field that take advantage of what their wide receivers do best. Flipping over to the Titans offense now, the number one key to the Titans victory on Sunday on the offensive side of the ball is the same as it has been throughout the entire year, and that's run the ball ball. In the nine matchups previous that the Titans have played with Derrick Henry on the roster against the Jags, they have averaged 157 yards on the ground. In the previous matchup against the Jags, the Titans only had 123 yards, so a little bit more than 30 yards below their average against the Jags. Typically, they need to get closer to that 157 yards per game average since 2016, and the Titans need to do that by attacking outside in the run game with outside zone the pitch tosses that they use, maybe jet sweeps with Cam Batson. Also, this isn't a run play, but throw in some more swing passes, whether that be to Jonu Smith out of the backfield or Derrick Henry or Cam Batson as well. But the Titans need to attack in the run game on the perimeter and get back to running the ball, controlling the clock as they lost the time of possession battle in the previous matchup against the Jags by seven total minutes.
So let's tie the package all together here. If the Titans can stop the run early and often, then they'll put the Jags offense in second and long, third and long situations. They won't have the opportunity to take those deep shots that they like to take on second and short and third and short. And then that'll get the ball, in theory, back into the Titans offense hands where they can pound the rock, establish the run, get back in a rhythm there keep the ball out of the hands of the Jags offense, but more importantly, keep their defense off the field. That is the game plan for the Titans, and that is my keys to victory. So we are going to zoom in a little bit, talk about some of the individual players and individual matchups that will determine this game after taking a look at my big picture keys to victory. So let's dive into the individual matchup portion of our game preview. at my big picture keys to victory to start off today's show. So let's zoom in and look at the individual players and individual matchups in this game that are keys to watch. And before we do that, want to remind you guys that next week on the Locked on Titans podcast, Monday, I will be recapping everything that took place in this game, including giving out my individual performance grade in everybody's favorite segment, Tighten Up and Tighten Down. Tuesday includes our tic-tac four-pack where I do an X's and O's schematic film breakdown on the four most impactful plays from the game. Wednesday is rewatch Wednesday. I dump out my notebook for you guys after re-watching the coaches tape multiple times, give you all of my additional analysis and insights. Thursday is crossover Thursday. No better way to begin your preparation for the next matchup than hearing directly from the host of the opposing Locked On podcast next week. Of course, it'll be from the Locked On Lions. And then on Friday, we'll be right back with another game preview. So Monday through Friday content on your Tennessee Titans, your team every day here on the Locked On Titans podcast. Make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcast, follow on Spotify, or whatever platform you do stream. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans, for my game day tweets, which are absolutely incredible, if I do say so myself. But let's jump into the individual players to watch. And I was talking about on the defensive side of the ball how the Titans need to watch the deep shots. So that brings me to my first First matchup to watch, and that's going to be the Titans outside cornerbacks against the Jags wide receivers, DJ Chark, Keelan Cole, to be specific, because those two guys are really good at getting down the field. So, taking a look at the Jags as an offense, they're 22nd in the NFL in yards after catch per completion at 4.0. So, the point is there to contextualize that number for you. That essentially means that the Jags don't get yards after the catch. They are more of a team that throws the ball down the field to gain their passing yards. They have a guy like LaVishka Chenault. They have a guy like James Robinson. Both of those dudes, they throw to them, and they are yards after the catch threats. But the majority of the time, they are throwing to either Keelan Cole or DJ Chark, and that's going to be down the field. Out of the 2,798 passing yards the Jags have on this season, 1,000 of those yards, a little over a thousand, are with Chark and Cole. 
That means 13 other people make up the other 1,700. So two people have 1,000, 13 have 1,700. So that tells you who you really have to focus on in this Jags offense in the passing game. So it's Chark and it's cool. I talked a little bit about schem my schematic worries with this matchup. Malcolm Butler is a physical cornerback who's better coming downhill. Uh, same with Breon Borders. He's just a younger version of that. They're not good playing vertically and going backwards, which is why Adore Jackson was so important to this defense because he could carry people vertically. The Titans don't have anybody else who is good at that. Desmond King, Breon Borders, Malcolm Butler are physical cornerbacks who are better coming downhill. So who's going to be able to run with these guys going deep? Are the safeties going to be back there? I don't know, but after last week, I can't necessarily trust the safety play from the Titans, which means that the onus will be on the cornerback. So can Malcolm Butler and whoever the hell is going to start on the other cornerback spot, we'll talk about injuries later, but Breon Borders hasn't practiced all week. Adoree Jackson has been limited all week and playing on scout team, so I doubt that they bring him back for game action. That's probably coming next week. Christian Fulton is still hasn't been activated onto the roster, but has a chance to be activated. Is he ready to go? We don't get injury reports on Christian Fulton because he technically isn't on the active roster. So will it be Chris Jackson, who was activated off the COVID-19 list on Thursday, and then Desmond King inside? I'm not 100% certain, but it's definitely a concern for me because the Titans cornerbacks will have to find a way to win the matchup against the Jags wide receivers. And if they don't, it might be just a little bit too much for the Titans to deal with when they're on defense. The other defensive matchup is going to be James Robinson against the linebackers of Rashawn Evans, David Long, and Will Compton. So James Robinson has 968 rushing yards, seven touchdowns. He has 42 catches, 310 receiving yards, and two touchdowns there. He has the best yards after catch average per completion on the team at 8.5. He's more than three yards ahead of the next closest person. So let me translate that to you. Stop James Robinson. Somehow, some way, at least slow the man down. He has been absolutely amazing. The best undrafted free agent in the NFL this year and proof that undrafted free agents can make a huge impact. It's even more impressive when you consider the limited offseason because of COVID. So look at the Titans rookie class, and then look at somebody like James Robinson, LaVishka Chennault. I mean, uh, it makes you sad, but either way, the Jags are 1-11, the Titans are 8-4. and If they can find a way to slow down James Robinson, if they can find a way to not let those Jags wide receivers beat them deep, then they should be able to win this game, or at least be respectable on defense. But the reality is, Rashawn Evans has not been good this year. David Long had his worst day of his career last week in his most advanced role of the year. Will Compton has proven that his athletic deficiencies won't allow him to be an every down player for this defense. So it's a matchup that I'm concerned about, not only in the run game, but also, and more importantly, so covering James Robinson in the passing game. Don't make it easy on Mike Glennon and let him dump off the ball to James Robinson all day long and break a couple tackles and get five to six yards every time. But the Titans defensive scheme is obviously to keep the ball in front of them, let your guy catch it, then make a tackle. And that should help them against the Jags who don't have a great group of yards after the catch, guys, but if they let Robinson get going, that could be a big concern. So Malcolm Butler and whoever else plays outside corner against Shark and Cole, and then Robinson versus the linebackers for the Titans, Evans, Long, Compton. Let's move to the offensive side of the ball, and number one, similarly to the defense, it's the wide receivers versus the cornerbacks. A.J. Brown and Corey Davis didn't do enough in the last matchup against the Jags. A.J. Brown was unable to play in that game. Corey Davis 
did have a touchdown, but only had three catches for 36 yards. So the Titans should be able to dominate on the outside with their wide receivers against the cornerbacks of the Jags who are missing their two starting corners from the beginning of the year. Now they have, remember this name, Greg Maben. The first guy who uh, really started that coronavirus outbreak for the Titans as a starter, was a practice squad guy for the Titans as a starter for the Jags, has a 58.5 coverage grade this year. Trey Herndon, 49.4 coverage grade. Those are their two starting outside corners. And then they have Josiah Scott in the slot, and he's the worst out of all of them. Josiah Scott in the slot. Never mind, sorry. Delete that. Editors! Okay, they're going to take that out and post. Uh, Scott has a 41.6 coverage grade per pro football focus. If the Titans can't win against these cornerbacks, I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? So I would attack early and often. The Titans don't do this. Run some bubble screens to the wide receivers. Run some tunnel screens to the wide receivers. A quick smoke route. A quick RPO smoke route like the Vikings do so well to Adam Thielen. We see it all over the league. Why don't the Titans incorporate some of these easy, quick-hitting Uh, actions for their wide receivers. They're so good with the ball in their hands yard after catch. Why don't we use wide receiver screens more? I just don't understand. I don't understand. But maybe the Titans will do that and force this putrid group of cornerbacks for the Jags to tackle and to cover. Moving forward, the big matchup for me is Ryan Tannehill versus Miles Jack. And I'm talking about audibles. Miles Jack is probably the the lone bright spot on this Jags defense. He's an excellent linebacker. He had a, a few down years, especially last year, but he's playing really good football right now. He's the sixth highest graded linebacker per pro football focus. He's got an 86.4 run defense grade, which is fifth in the NFL per, uh, amongst linebackers, and a 73.8 coverage grade, which is third 13th amongst linebackers. So let's wrap that up in a package. Miles Jack has been very good. Ryan Tannehill needs to find a way to go away from Miles Jack. Don't throw around him in the middle of the field to Janu or Ferkser. Don't run his direction. Audible check check runs to the opposite direction. Switch the side that the run is going. So those are things that I think Ryan Tannehill needs to do. He needs to be careful in this game and get the ball away from Miles Jack. There's no reason to run towards the only real solid defender that the Jags have right now with Josh Allen out as their pass rusher, CJ Henderson out as their top cornerback. They traded Ronnie Harrison at safety. I mean, this Jags defense just isn't good and they're 1-11, so it's not a hot take for me to say that. Their offense is okay. The offense is pretty decent. It's, it's the defense that's a concern. So, for the Titans, they have to find a way to get away from Miles Jack and not let the lone defensive star that the Jags have disrupt their game plan. So that's the big thing for me. I wanted to throw some other schematic things out there that maybe I forgot to mention in the first segment. Watch out for shotgun runs in this game. The Jags have a lot of success running out of shotgun and the Titans defense does not have a lot of success defending the run out of shotgun. So that's something that the Titans will really have to schematically focus on is how can they keep uh, personnel out on the field that can cover in the pass but also can stop the run in nickel. I would expect to see a little bit more Will Compton than we got last week in this game for that purpose exactly. But that's going to do it for the individual portion of this show. We are going to jump into the miscellaneous round of today's game preview. I'm going to give you the most updated injury report for both teams gonna talk fantasy and my beautiful dark twisted fantasy preview gonna talk gambling and keeping it plus 100 and give you my game and score prediction
cap off today's Football Friday game preview edition of the Locked on Titans podcast and cap off this week of the Locked on Titans podcast as well by having a little bit of fun in the miscellaneous section of our Football Friday game preview, talking injuries, fantasy, gambling, and my game and score prediction. Before we do, wanted to tell you guys to check out the Peacock and Williamson show here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Two excellent football minds breaking down the national news every single week, giving you some good schematic insights on other teams. Me personally, of course, I am totally enveloped in the Tennessee Titans, but I love the NFL in general and always check out the Peacock and Williamson show every single week. So give that a go on whatever platform you do stream. But let's dive into the most updated injury report for both teams. And the Titans definitely have some concerning things going on on this injury report coming from Thursday. And the number one most concerning thing is that cornerback Breon Borders hasn't played with a hip injury, hasn't practiced on Wednesday or Thursday. I've talked about how important it is for the Titans cornerbacks to have a good game, their outside corners to have a good game. I've talked about how limited the cornerback position might be, so not having Borders would be a big, big loss for the Titans. And then wide receiver A.J. Brown did not practice Wednesday or Thursday with his ankle injury, but AJ's been getting rest days all year. He's a stud. He doesn't need to practice. Tackle Dennis Kelly with his knee injury did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. He's been nursing that knee injury and missing Wednesday and Thursday for quite a few weeks now. I would not be concerned about that. Some less concerning news here. Ben Jones, Roger Saffold, and Jonu Smith were all upgraded from limited on Wednesday to full participants on Thursday. So that's excellent news. Should get Ben Jones still in there. Roger Saffold still there, and then Jonu Smith back. And Jonu Smith did have a pretty good game last time the Titans played against the Jags. He had two touchdowns in that game, so would be a big boost to get Jonu back, if anything, for the blocking. Wouldn't have Aaron Brewer out there trying to catch passes on third down if Jonu Smith would have played last week. So that's uh, very good news there. And then rookie running back Darrington Evans, full participant both days. That's great. The Titans need a little bit of help in special teams. And apparently he's been getting some kickoff return reps. He was good at that in college at Appalachian State. So hopefully they give him an opportunity to do that. The Titans need some sort of spark in their special teams as they're a pretty mediocre um, milk toast unit at this moment in time. Added to the injury report, though, was outside linebacker Derek Roberson with a hip injury. That is concerning for the Titans, who are already incredibly thin at outside linebacker. They had Harold Landry, Roberson, Tazar Skipper. We might see Wyatt Ray brought up off the practice squad if necessary. They did add Jordan Brooks, former Houston Texan, to the practice squad, so maybe there would be an opportunity for him there. Either way, the Titans will be thin at outside linebacker as they have been all year if Roberson is unable to go. But personally, I think with the rushing attack that the Jags have, we're going to see a lot of Jack Crawford in this game. And Tazar Skipper is a better run defender than Roberson anyway. So we can use a little more Rashawn Evans as a rusher and kind of minimize the loss of Roberson, who's really just a third down impact player, if we're being honest with ourselves. The the next big news here is Adoree Jackson continued to practice with his knee injury. He was limited, though, on the injury report on Wednesday and Thursday. And the big thing is he's been wearing a red jersey, which means no contact. 
impact, and he's been working on the scout team, so going against the Titans offense, I think that that's a pretty good indication that he's not going to play in this game. They're just trying to ramp him back up. He hasn't played football, really, in eight weeks, or not eight weeks, longer than that. We're in week 13, so he had a couple days of practice in the middle of the season, but for the most part, he hasn't played football in 13 weeks, so they're going to ramp him up. I would imagine he'll be limited all week this week, and then full next week, and then actually be able to play maybe against the Lions, but the reality is, if Breon Borders' hip injury keeps him out in this game, Adoree isn't able to go. Christian Fulton, who we're not getting updates on because he's not technically on the active roster right now, although he's designated to return we're not getting updates on Fulton. So if Fulton is unable to go, Adoree is unable to go, Breon Borders is unable to go, then look to seventh round rookie cornerback Chris Jackson, who is the worst cornerback in the NFL per pro football focus during his time actually playing on the team. So that's very concerning if Chris Jackson is your third corner. And with how good Desmond King is in the slot, it wouldn't make sense to take him out, put him on the outside to put the worst cornerback in the NFL in the slot where he was miserable before. That means Chris Jackson would probably play on the outside in this game. Very concerning. Um, Hopefully, maybe Ty Smith will be able to go. Cream Orr was activated to the roster coming off uh, the COVID list. So, hopefully, they get Kareem Orr or Ty Smith, somebody else in there over Breon Borders. That's what I'm hoping for at this moment in time. But uh, we are going to move forward to the Jacksonville Jaguars injury report. And it's much less concerning than the Titans, although... Their starting center and one of the linemen I respect the most in the NFL, Brandon Linder, he has not practiced so far this week. He didn't practice Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday. Could be a Dennis Kelly situation where he's a a veteran you can count on, giving him rest days to to keep him right throughout the season. But if Linder is unable to go, that really weakens a Jags offensive line that I have a lot of respect for. So other than that, though, every other player was limited on Thursday and had been limited on Wednesday as well. Nobody really to be concerned about here. Uh, LaVishka Chenault, James Robinson, Greg Maven, Sidney Jones, Nathan Cottrell, Kamale Correa, Dakota Allen, Tyler Eifer, all limited. Those guys are all going to play. So the Jags are relatively healthy with the players that they actually have on the roster right now. The Titans... Eh, not so much, but we will see what the reports are on Friday and Saturday as we usually get actual game designations there. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans, where I'll be giving my analysis real time when that news comes out. But let's have some fun. Let's dive into some fantasy football in my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy preview. The Jags defense gives up the fourth most quarterback points per week, 22.6. Gives up the sixth most running back points per week, 21.9. Gives up the fifth most fantasy points per week to wide receivers, 26.9. Gives up the seventh most fantasy points to tight ends per week at 9.4. Play them all, folks. You got Jonu Smith, you're throwing him in there. You got Corey Davis, you got A.J. Brown, you're putting him in there. You got Derrick Henry, you're putting him in there. You got Ryan Tannehill, you're putting him in there. I would pick one wide receiver. I would rock a Titans-heavy lineup, even if Even if the Titans play bad in this game, even if this game doesn't go as planned, even if it's a close game, the Jacks score a bunch of points, the defense is terrible, even the worst version of this game should have fantasy points for the Titans offense. Even if, like we saw last week, what if it's a repeat of last week, the Jags get up by 30 in the first half? 
Well, we know the Titans' offense is going to continue to score. That might hurt Derrick Henry, but with the deficient, the the Browns were a top ten run defense. The Jags are not. So Derrick Henry, even if the game script goes against him, should still find a way to be productive in this game. The Jags are the have the eleventh most missed tackles in the NFL. Derrick Henry's going to score points in this game. It's going to happen. So whether it be daily fantasy, whether it be season long, you're playing all your Tennessee Titans, keeping my beautiful dark twisted fantasy preview sweet and short this week. Play them all, folks. This is a game where you love having Titans on your team. As for the gambling, things get a little trickier in keeping it plus 100. I've seen the Titans as big of favorites as nine and a half points, but what I'm seeing as the Vegas consensus right now on Thursday evening is seven and a half, and that's dangerous. I think the Titans should win this game. They're an eight and four team playing against a one and eleven team, and the Titans historically do put a whooping on the Jags. But for me, with the way this Titans defense is playing, even if the Titans offense plays well, the Titans defense will let the Jags score points late in the game, and you could even have some garbage time points that get scored, even if the Titans handily control the game, that would ruin your bet. So at seven and a half, I can't say that it's smart to bet the Titans in this scenario with what we know about the defense. Now, if you're able to get a teaser going in some way, and that'll lead us into the over-under. So seven and a half, I'd probably stay away from that. The over-under is at 52 flat. I don't feel so good about that either because the Titans could score a lot of points and the Jags score a little. Uh, It could be, you know, 28 to 21, the seven-point margin there. You'd lose your bet. You'd lose the over-under. It's just Vegas is good, man, and I think they got both of these numbers in a really good spot. I don't feel like you're getting much of an advantage, but... Like I mentioned, if you were able to get a teaser going, get the Titans at minus one and a half, get the score down to 46 and go over. Now I think you're cooking with hot grease. Now I think you have an opportunity to create an advantage for yourself and maybe scratch out a little bit of coin. So if I wanted to play the Titans, if I really wanted to put some money on the Titans game, no matter what, just because it's fun, it's a good time, I'd be going uh, a teaser Titans to minus one and a half. I'd be going to 46 and taking the over on that. But individually, I don't feel very good about minus seven and a half, nor do I feel very good about 52 as an over-under. So that leaves us with the game and score prediction. And the Jinx Master himself is ready to tell you guys what I see this game looking like. And I'm not just doing this as an overreaction. I truly believe that the Jags are playing better football in recent weeks. And I think Mike Glennon gives their offense a better chance to have explosive plays. I think that this game is closer than we want it to be. I think that the Titans end up winning this game 26 to 23. An unusual score there, but 26 to 23. I think the teams are a little uh, flustered early. I don't think they're scoring early. I think that we'll probably go about a quarter uh, before we see some points getting on the board. A touchdown on the board might get a field goal uh, late. I think late in the first quarter, the first 10 minutes. I think will be kind of tough. These teams are seeing each other for the second time. Uh, Always makes it easier to know what's coming. So the first 10 minutes could be a little bit of a slog. But 
after that, I think the scoring takes off, and it's 26-23 to Titans, but this game is going to be a lot closer than people want it to be because the defense just simply cannot be relied on. But that's going to do it. For this game preview on this Football Friday here on the Locked On Titans podcast, gave you my three keys to victory. Stop the run, run the ball, and take away the deep shots that the Jags like to incorporate throughout the game. Individual matchups, the Titans wide receivers and A.J. Brown and Corey Davis have to pick on the cornerbacks, Greg Maben, Trey Herndon, Josiah Scott of the Jags. Ryan Tannehill has to navigate the offense away from Miles Jack, who's a defensive playmaker. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Malcolm Butler and whoever the other outside cornerback ends up being have to win the matchup against Chark and Keelan Cole. And then James Robinson must be contained not only in the run game, but in the short passing game by the Titans linebackers. Went over gambling, went over fantasy, went over my game and score prediction, gave you an update on all of the injuries for both teams. What else could you want in a Football Friday game preview? But that's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.